4: From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Alexis Madrigal. People sometimes respond to hard times with amazing art. Jazz was a creation of the Jim Crow era. Hip-hop arose in response to the disappointments of the 70s and the rise of crack. And in 2006, Oakland was in turmoil. The subprime mortgage crisis began to crash down, wiping out decades worth of wealth in our black communities. Homicides reached their highest point of the 21st century and displacement had begun in earnest. It was out of those conditions that a hip hop movement emerged, hyphae. It garnered national attention But KQED's Pendarvis Harshaw was there, and he thinks the story has never been told right. He made a series called Hypey Kids Got Trauma, and he joins us to correct the record about what Hypey was and wasn't. That's coming up next after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Pendarvis Harshaw is an Oakland native, Howard graduate, and one of the most community minded media makers I've ever known. He's the host of the KQED podcast right now ish, and he's also the guy you see at the town hall meeting or the cookout. He's splitting time up in Sacramento these days, but he's so deeply embedded in this Bay Area. We've known each other for years, and I'm telling you, this latest series of his, Hyphee Kids Got Trauma, is an inside view of the conditions that created Hyphee the way the meaning of that movement bent and transformed, and also the aftermath of a time in Oakland's history that did enormous damage to our black community. I think there are real lessons for our current moment too when we're seeing such difficult and desperate times. No one else in the world could tell this story in exactly the way that Penn did, and I am delighted to welcome him to Forum. Penn, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, man. How's it going? <laughs> good, good. I want you to take us back to 2006. I mean, who was Pendarvis Harshaw back
5: then? Pendarvis Harshaw was trying to figure out who Pendarvis Harshaw is. <laughs> <laughs> At 18, we're all doing that, right? You're kind of jumping off the porch, trying to get out into this economy, figure out what you're going to be when you grow up, find love, all those important things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was doing it in the midst of... One of the biggest cultural movements of my time, Um, and I had the the benefit of being a journalist in the middle of it.
4: Yeah, were you like a were you in the music scene like at that age, like right off the jump, or were you just kind of like
5: around the edges, kind of reporting on it, looking at it? Yeah, so coming up, um, I saw I was I'm I'm a nonprofit child. (laughs) I was a part of youth everything in the East Bay and a couple (laughs) of youth some things in the in, in San Francisco. And so uh, YR Media, now known, but uh, formerly Youth Radio, was where I really got started at 16, 17. And that kind of pushed me into the uh, formal arts scene. So around mm-hmm. the poets, around the rappers, um, the visual artists, you name it. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I could tell my story and it didn't have to be over a beat. It didn't have to rhyme. It could be through journalism. And so that that's what I took. Yeah.
4: So, you know, if I think about Oakland 2006, right? I mean, this is... Like, the subprime mortgage crisis is just beginning to happen. We end up with this, like, incredible, um, you know, loss of wealth in black communities. We end up with, you know, ton unemployment beginning to spike in 2006. We have all these homicides that are going on. I mean, how much of that other stuff that was going on in Oakland, how much of that was stuff you were feeling? Subconsciously,
5: all of it. You know, I, I don't think we were conscious of all these different factors. Like you can imagine that the 2000 census comes out and you see how many black people are in Oakland and you don't have an idea of how many people are leaving until the 2010 census comes out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you can say that, hey, my friend moved to Antioch, this friend moved to, to Vegas, this friend moved to the south. Um, you start to get a sense of like something is changing um, and, and, and that sense of of danger and feeling like you're constantly in peril. That, that's really what I recall at the time. And, and I had the benefit of having journals like real journal entries um where i'm writing down what i'm feeling at the time and so now being an adult and having the language to express it i'm mm-hmm. like oh i was having a traumatic experience and i just didn't realize it at that time yeah
4: yeah, because you know you open this series with losing a friend you know a, a kid that you grew up with was was killed
5: yeah yeah R. P. willie clay Willie Clay was a charismatic dude from a neighborhood called the Dubs, the Murder Debs. Um, a, a childhood friend of mine, um, unfortunately, one of a handful of, of friends who I, I lost that year. Um, mm. And I share Willie Clay's story because he himself is important. And also, he, in a lot of ways, he symbolizes kind of that start to so many deaths. And it's actually kind of a blur after that. Like, I remember Willie's funeral and then so many funerals that, you know, kind of lose count. Mm. Um, but yes 2006 starts in January of losing Willie Clay and then in November of that year um, we lost Marcel and in between there was a whole bunch of folks
4: man and you know it's interesting because like you look back at that time and you know you get like hyphy retrospectives you get things you know where people are talking about that time and it's it's like seems fun right I mean that's like a lot of what has been emphasized in these histories is just kind of like the the joy of those of that year and those years.
5: Yeah, and I mean it was it was that too. And I think they're one and the same, and it's kind of beautiful. And I didn't realize it until doing this project, but it's it happens time and time again. You think about like second lines in New Orleans and like mm. that that's a celebration of life, and you know, after someone passes. Um there's uh I was talking to a friend out of Detroit and he was talking about all of the tragedies that Michigan has experienced and how it's now showing up in kind of this. Up-tempo, fast-paced music out of Flint in in Detroit, and um, and so yeah, I think that they go hand in hand—the tragedy and the triumphs.
4: Let's uh, hear a little bit of a song that came out in uh, March 2006, right in this like kind of pivotal year in your life and in this music scene. Um, This is uh, "Blow the Whistle," "Too Short," and "Little John."
6: I go.
5: So,
4: Penn, we're going to drop this down a little bit and have you talk a little bit about, like, what defined this kind of, like, hyphy
5: sound? That bass line, are you serious? <laughs> like, that just, that bass line itself already just moves the soul, right? Um, and then that energy that he talks about, his various cadence, um, the music video itself, it has a number of well-known turf dancers in it, um, and the turf dancing was really what, what gave, like, the visual depiction to the energy you know mm-hmm. people could talk about like the way that the parties moved but it was nothing like seeing the actual dancers on the floor showing the moves and showing that energy
4: yeah yeah i mean when you talk about turf dancing you know tell us a little bit about what might be different about that or what what that movement uh emerged out of
5: yeah, It's kind of hard to talk about turf dance without showing Yeah, folks. right? Um, I know. It's like, <laughs> look up the like turf fiends
4: on YouTube while, while you're right.
5: listening. I'm doing yeah. the turf dance moves while we talk. Um, all right. So there's a video. Speaking of YouTube, the most popular depiction of turf dancing is uh, "Turfing in the Rain, mm-hmm. where there's a group of folks dancing on a corner in DP East Oakland as they pay respects to one of their fallen friends. And that right there, you'll see the moves. Um, there's millions of views on it. Um, and you'll see that it comes out of pain. It's beautiful art on a rainy day and they're, you know, like paying respect to a friend who, who has died. Um, and so turf dancing itself is like a not only the physical embodiment of that energy, but also a way to get out some of that trauma. I mean, it's really a beautiful art.
4: Yeah. I mean, you know, some of the moves, you know, there's a kind of like these smooth movements. There's, uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of how to, um, how to describe <laughs> what some of the, and it's also yeah. right. There's a bunch of different styles. Um, but it's not like break dancing on the floor. A lot of it is right. Kind of like these smooth movements, like kind of uh, uh, standing up. Yeah. And...
5: Episode two dives into turf dancing, turf, T-U-R-F, taking up room on the floor, uh, defined by Jarrell Bay, Um, is is really a mixture of boogaloo, Panama, a little bit of footwork, being player like Bay Area folks always do, Um, and then storytelling and really using your body to tell stories. And it can be everything from using your hands to using your footwork and your facial expressions for sure. Um, And that turf dancing... Like it happened everywhere. I, in episode two, I kind of paint the picture of how folks were dancing in schools and in hallways, and bus stops, um, and specifically this youth center called Youth Uprising in Deep East Oakland where they would have uh, dance battles and young folks would come out and show out and it was a beautiful thing. And
4: that was uh, like right by Casamon High School, right? Like out there?
5: Right, right next to it, yep. Yeah.
4: So what did this, at the time... What role did this music play in your life? Was was this like just dominating what you were thinking about, what you were doing on a daily basis? Or was it just kind of like some something in the background?
5: It was a mixture. Uh, I think that I could appreciate the national attention. I love seeing B.T. cameras and MTV cameras in East Oakland. I love seeing local artists get national acclaim. And I started traveling at that time, and I started realizing that people were looking at the Bay Area as just hyphy, as just and hyphy itself was being... Um, the depiction was looked at as like goofy and I'm like oh, yeah. whoa 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 slow down like first of all hyphy it means like aggressive you know like hyperactive second of all there's a lot more to the Bay Area than just this up-tempo music um, so it wasn't just I wasn't just all consumed by the hyphy energy um, and I, I was a part yeah. of it for sure
4: yeah, yeah. We have a cut from uh, Stretch McCoy, um, Seaside Stretch, a promoter and manager for a uh, hip hop artist, describing kind of how hyphy was perceived versus the reality.
7: It was presented in a way that would be
5: more friendly to everybody. You know what I mean? Just the term hyphy was—it meant something completely different than what it was commercialized as. You know what I mean? It—it it wasn't a good thing. You know what I'm saying? Like they didn't say like, oh them kids is hyphy, and that meant that they were just dancing around having a good time. No, that means they were destructive and violent, you
7: know what I'm saying? So I think that, you know, it was marketed in a way that, you know, that corporations do to sell a product, which was the music. So that's the result of what people seen and what people lived were two different things. But I think it became a self-fulfilling prophecy where the people who were a part of the culture ended up changing things to fit what was sellable mm.
4: so interesting pen because that, on one level like that feels like a misrepresentation on the other hand was it bad that some of the danger and trauma and death were left out of the music or left out of that representation
5: of the music uh, i'm not here to judge like good or bad but what i am i i understood that part of the story and i also understood the origins of hip-hop is kind of as you laid out in the intro mm-hmm. and i said oh 06, what we experienced is exactly like the start of hip hop, where you have this like tumultuous situation in the Bronx where people are fighting because there's lack of resources, because of lack of influence, because the government decided to run a highway straight through the community. Mm. These type of things, right? <laughs> and then uh, in the Bay Area there was drama as well. And I realized like, oh okay, well there's good and there's bad, and we need to make sure that it's packaged as such. It's not just goofy. That was my thing. Mm.
4: We're talking about a new Right Now-ish podcast series called Hyphy Kids Got Trauma with Pendarvis Harshaw, columnist with KQED Arts and host of the Right Nowish podcast. This E-40, Kick the Sneak, Tell Me When to Go. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay
7: tuned. All that other sh- and watered down. I'm from the bay where we hyphy and go dunk From the soil wooden rappers be getting their lingo from tell me, tell me when to go, tell me when to go, tell me when to go, tell me when to go go, go. go.
4: Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We're here with Penn Harshaw, who created the new series on this podcast right now. Ish hyphy kids uh, got trauma. You know, before the uh, break, Penn, we were talking about you know the conditions that created some of you know this music's contradictions. It's you know it's happiness, but also that you know it was coming out of this you know extremely difficult scene. You know, I think I was thinking, you know, even right now, we struggle, both, you know, myself, this show, all of KQD, all of media to cover violence in black communities without stigmatizing people, to cover the traumas that are that occur, without making that the only thing that we're talking about. I mean, how do you think people should have talked about hyphae and its, you know, <laughs> Uh, it's contradictions or it's you know, it's complexities or tensions
5: Yeah, that's a good question. I, I struggled with that myself actually episode three in this series um, Was the hardest for me to write because it's a critique of the media as I'm making media about the media <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> You know um, And and some of those issues still persist um, where we make media largely for a middle-class white audience mm-hmm. and That's it from me That's our target audience. That's what we're making things palatable for And that's the issue. And so we really need to redirect who who we're targeting and have a much broader net, um, Mm -hmm. if you will. If we're making public media, we need to speak to the general public. Mm -hmm. Um, And with that said, it has to come from the general public as well. And so speaking to the people who are experiencing those things and letting them just talk. Um, Mm -hmm. We have the the beauty of social media now. We have uh, a lot more uh, citizen journalists or people on the ground who can report back. Um, And I don't think we had that back then, Mm -hmm. not as much. Um, and that's something that Rita Forte points out, is that people weren't doing a good job of telling their own story, be it artists or um, writers. And, and, and so that that media literacy or access to um, platforms uh, was an issue back then. And I think that's something that has changed now. And hopefully we can take advantage of now. And I guess the word is like de- democratize it. Um, yeah. but, but making sure that all voices are heard is really my goal
4: yeah i mean you talk about going down to uh i think you said alcatraz and market street <laughs> um, to get these you know dvds that were kind of people experimenting with going out into uh, their communities and you know other black communities across the country and kind of getting video of these things and I, i've seen a, a, a few of them you know one for like baby hunters point the the only th- thought that I I had about these videos, which, well, first describe, like, what what does one of those documentaries
5: kind of look like? What's the feel of it? Yeah, it's a pre-popular social media days, right? We're talking early 2000s. Um, bootleg DVDs, independent DVDs, of neighborhoods of people telling stories, kind of underground, Gangster lifestyle documentaries—you can name them. They had ones for all regions. One of my favorite was New New Orleans exposed. There was um smack DVDs out of the New York or tri-state region, um, and then out here, what I really liked and latched onto was one a series called Hood to Hood, mm-hmm. where a brother by the name of Cash Out Keys he rode around in a van all around the nation, and not only hit the hot spots, you know, the known spots, L.A., New York, but also went to Milwaukee and North Memphis and places that. I'd only heard about, but I'd never seen depicted and never really thought to think like, what is the accent out there? What are the things that people do in the neighborhood? What's the, the lifestyle and really documenting culture? And albeit it was, it was a bit um, sensational. Um, yeah. and, and, there was, and, and there was some, some elements to it where it's self-incriminating. Um,
4: mm-hmm.
5: And you have to realize that this is, this is out of a lack. People don't always have access to the cameras like that. So when you do get the cameras in front of you, how are you going to act?
4: Mm. I mean, I wondered how, you know, you got a kid. I mean, how would you present hood to hood to your kid as media, right? Like what are the filters or lenses you need to understand what's, what's going on there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I'd show the hood to my
5: seven year old, <laughs> not to your
4: seven year old, but imagine, you know, the,
5: you know, your high your school, kid, right? your yeah, kid listens
4: to this series, you know, when they're like 16, and they're like, dad, can I see this? And
5: you're like, uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm not in it. Um, no, there's, there's, um, Definitely some conversation that needs to take place. So I've talked about this project, "Hyphy Kids Got Trauma, at UC Berkeley, as well as um, schools in in, in Oakland, um, high schools. And I think that it's a matter of media literacy and approaching people where they are on their levels, you know, like age group level or um, maturation level um, mm-hmm. and, and being wise about what what portions to pick and show and introduce people to that content. Because it is it's heavy. Um, again, some of it is sensational and a little bit over the top. Um, and, and really being able to decipher what's real culture and what's people putting on for the camera being in right. front of their face.
4: Right. I mean, I think that is one of the most difficult things. I mean, you know, in our cut that we, that we played, thinking about transforming a culture into a product that can be sold and what are the elements of that culture that are most sellable feels like a really complicated part of, you know, making art in a black community but that is going to eventually leave that community and become something that you know is more widely distributed
5: yeah yeah it is a conundrum i'm like how do you spread your culture make money off of it also don't water it down and um don't have people sell your culture back to you um yeah 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 um
4: we would love to hear from you all. We're talking with uh, Penn Harshaw, who's a host of KQED's Right Nowish podcast, put together a really remarkable podcast series called hy Kids Got Trauma. You can find it wherever you get your other KQED podcasts. Uh, we want to hear from you. I mean, were you around, were you in this movement in 2006? We're going to bring on some other folks uh, who, who lived through this moment in Oakland's history and in Bay Area history? You give us a call. The number is 866 733 6786. We've got forum at kqed.org. You know, Twitter, you can go on the Discord where people are talking about it. Instagram, threads, we're KQED forum. Um, Pen, I want to talk about the, the name of the series for a sec before we bring in another guest. Um, you were, as I understand it right, you were riding around Oakland. And you just see the name tagged somewhere.
5: Yeah, it was uh, an aerosol piece on a wall underneath an overpass on 27th in West Oakland, Mm -hmm. driving around and I just see it. It's huge. It's scrawled. IP Kids Got Trauma. Um, And then I started seeing people post that picture as well as those words written in other places around the East Bay and eventually San Francisco as well. (sighs) And so I've always had this thought in the back of my head that that those words just resonated with me always. I've had it in the back of my head for at least a couple of years. Yeah.
4: And you were actually able to like, find the graffiti artist who <laughs> made that tag and then figure out that it wasn't just him. There were like other people who were also tagging that all around.
5: Yeah, yeah. Uh, with the assistance of uh, my coworker Nastia and uh, a couple of other folks, we not only found the, the artist, the graffiti artist talked to that person, the graffiti artist put me in contact with the musical artist who inspired him. And so yeah, it's a real community effort. <laughs> yeah.
4: And we have that person with us this morning, Rich Ayala, Bay Area musician, coined the phrase, Hyphy Kids Got Trauma. Welcome, Rich. How you doing? Hey man, we're good. We're good. Thank you so much for for joining us. Um so as I understand it from Penn's podcast, you've never actually recorded the song Hyphy Kids Got Trauma. You just had performed it and had it. From those performances, it passed into the culture of the town. I was, could you perform just maybe some of it for us? You know, I understand it's 9.30 in the morning, maybe an unusual venue for it. (laughs) But, uh, but could you perform just a little bit of that for us? Um,
1: Yeah,
8: message. we'll we'll try it. I'll have to do it, even though it is 9.30 in the morning, (laughs) we'll have to do it with the same energy that I would usually. Yeah, thank you. Use it so. All right. Yeah. Yo. Yeah. Yo, yeah, yo. Hyphy
6: children got trauma and not put that on mama's. Hyphy children got traumas and not put that on mama's. PTSD front the chopper got me shaking like Maracas. Thought my partner went to college, why I see him on the block again?
8: Yeah. Yo, <laughs> alright, we're gonna do it like this. Free Palestine, too. Alright, look, yeah.
6: Might laugh, but this ain't no funny line. Dope fiends bust dummy crimes. Dope fiends making hella moves. Kids see them and they juke just to go to school. Don't laugh, it ain't funny. Don't, don't, don't laugh, it ain't funny. Don't laugh, it ain't funny. Yo, KQED in the morning is the forum. Yo, check me out. Yeah, I'ma call you Super Flight. What you flight? I ain't bout all that black exploitation ain't clout on a map. What you rep pointed out in the chat. Who's snapping like that guy on the couch? Trash cans in the trunk. Realize I'm the grouch, no doubt. There they go, taking rides through the south, which I call out. That's traditional to us in the new prohibition with the wolves and they mush. And Frisco landlord got the lease on it. They getting money like piranhas, how they feast on it. On a hill, bro, ain't no peace on it. Vice News might wanna do a piece on it. Matter of fact, tell them don't film nothing. Police flying drones through the jets, now they bussin'. Me? Oh, I be dark queen duckin' undercover in the bucket with the men in black button. Come on, might laugh, but this ain't no funny line. Dope fiends bust dummy crimes. Who? Dope fiends making hella moves. Kids see them and they juke just to go to school. Don't laugh, it ain't funny. Don't, don't, don't laugh, it ain't funny. Don't laugh, it ain't funny. Don't, yeah. Yo, y'all ever saw Pursuit of Happiness? I come from where they shot it. Some being modest, cause they killing who the hottest. My brother brother got it for he graduated college. Now they playing tag back and forth like not it. Sometimes you gotta juke, yo. It's like Mookie, Kill Radio. Oh, now nah, I gotta do just what I gotta do. See, this ain't a movie. Look like one, might could look like fun, but it's never been Groove. Oh, you a newbie. I'm straight to the tilt slug. Worth can't fool me. Catch me in the traffic, playing jacket for the youth. Bounce out, protest for the change like a newsie. For real, though. This ain't funny, so don't your dear laugh. Just another case of struggling through the back. Get past it. See the cranes in the sky. Think how a little brother got a juke to get by for real. Might laugh, but this ain't no. Go! Go! dope fiends busting dummy crimes. Who? Dope fiends it most Kids see them, in they juke just to go to school. That's just like the kids in Palestine,
8: you feel me? They got a juke just to go anywhere, you already know. And shout out KQED, to foreign man. I love y'all.
4: Rich Look, Ayala. Yeah.
8: <laughs> man,
4: thank you for performing for us this morning. I mean,
8: wow. <laughs> a little wow. wake up. A little <laughs> yeah, a little, a little wake up, you know. But that's what it's about, you know. Yeah.
4: Can I have you just kind of like reflect on... This this idea that I mean you even have it in right in the song, you know, don't laugh and ain't funny, you know.
8: Um, so so the I so <laughs> it was a lot. It's it's a lot I put into mm-hmm. this piece, but the idea was to cause a reaction and spark a conversation. So we we ended up achieving that. I didn't really know um, for years, really, what the what the effect was, I kind of just <laughs> put it out with the people, and then we we found out really what it was. But the structure was more based on me being a hyphy artist and having such an understanding of what works for us. I wanted to take a song that obviously would move the crowd, as I seen you guys all dancing in the studio. <laughs> so it's and and it's like you don't even exactly have to have this great relationship with the the hyphy movement to just start kind of move inside to side and it's the connectivity that we have I feel in this region we like funk we like our 808s we like our our music in a certain way so I wanted to create a song where like the bar I've pictured a bunch of adults who have grown up and they care about what happened and kind of what they've gone through but they don't really want to talk about it so I was like how can I do this song in a room where they still party but mm-hmm. it's almost like there's a message there. So I did it really, I did it ironically. Yeah. And the Don't Laugh It Ain't Funny it was almost just like, that was another, um it's almost like this is what, what why is he doing this club song about these kids and <laughs> getting to school? And, it, you know, I kind of just played off the irony yeah. of the whole thing. yeah. And it worked. At the end of the day, it created a bridge for people to really walk across mm-hmm. and they have their own narratives and stories and i think we were um uh, for a lot of kids in this region here in the bay area that was our that was our walk to school in the morning <laughs> and yeah. nobody ever gave us one nobody ever gave us a song so i decided to just do that for the kids
4: i mean rich you were so young when hyphy was exploding right i mean you were even younger than Penn. like you were like 15 16 17 yeah i together. started
8: i could have yeah. been like like 12 13 i, I was a young guy um mm. I was one of the younger ones as as far as in the whole movement. Very impressionable. And there was an older generation that can get into the club, they can drive cars. And so we would <laughs> try to do everything that we weren't allowed to do. We drive cars illegally and get sneak into the club. And there was a it's a whole it's a whole era of the younger guys <laughs> trying I mean, to be just, like the older guys.
4: It's crazy because I mean I have a ten year old and it's Difficult for me to imagine in two years that, you know, you had to, you were growing up fast. You're growing up maybe faster than made sense. I mean, is that part of the trauma that you think you experienced?
8: Faster than we wanted. I think this was a, this was a resurgence of art and expression that was long overdue. And we're the children of like, you know, the Black Panthers and the hippies and all the, 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 the lost hope. Um, post-civil rights and just what what we were going through in the black community. It was a lot of anger. Mm-hmm. And I think the what was sad was the response to us dancing and running around and dancing on cars and basically just having a good time at school. San Francisco had one of the, the highest dropout rates in the Bay. Mm-hmm. Teachers didn't like us. You know, mm-hmm. institutions didn't like us. They didn't want us to hang around. We used to hang out downtown.
1: <laughs> we had
8: no place to go. You'd see like a thousand kids downtown dance battling everybody's safe no gunshots everybody just doing something hyphy doing music or but it was misunderstood so the police this is the beginning of um this whole era of the militarized sfpd which we know so well and uh from my experience they did they they treated us um they hunted us, you know, they wanted us out of, out of the area. They wanted this ideology of spiritualism and hyphy and all of this high energy um to to go. Yeah. So I think that's that's an that's a layer of trauma that's kind of I think movies like Fruitville Station can explain mm-hmm. um a bit of where that went, but for yeah. years uh it was us against the police. Yeah.
4: Hey Penn, I wonder, you know, just hearing Rich performed that song. I mean, what's that do for you?
5: Yeah, some, well, hearing it on KQED is like, yeah, that's what I was just talking about, right? Like that broad net of like representing who the public is, That that's what it's about. Rich talking about that experience as a young person in downtown San Francisco, I remember that. And, and, and it means so much more now because people are reporting on how downtown has changed. And Rich was like, no, I was there for that. I know what it was like back in the day. Mm-hmm. And so for him sharing that experience, that's something I honestly, Alexis, man, through this um, whole hip-hop project, that that's my word, over this year, we've been telling hip-hop stories, but we've been really telling stories of black and brown communities and what they've experienced in the Bay Area. And so thank you, Rich, for sharing your experience.
8: Thank you, yeah. bro. You did, like, for me, it's even talking to you we're literally sitting on the phone and making a connection that we went through the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then you, we, you know, you collab with me on this whole thing. And it's just like more people are contacting us about, hey, I went through this too. And it I just, I kind of have no words for it. Because that's, we've been waiting for this conversation, right? It's
4: been- <laughs> yeah, I mean... Pen, do you think through the series there has, you've done some healing? Do you think just like going back through this? Or do you think it actually has kind of, maybe the healing is still out a little ways because you've had to go back through this traumatic time?
5: I would say that through Rich's expression, through conversations with people off the record and, and on the record, and also going through old photos, I've at least um, brought it to the surface. I don't think the healing has happened. But I think the wounds were deep and not, didn't know how deep they were, and so now mm. it's like, okay, it it it's on the table. And now we can do something with it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to talking with photographer D. Ray because she she shares a little bit about that as well.
4: Yeah, D. Ray is uh
5: is coming up next. We're
4: talking about the new right nowish podcast series called Hyphy Kids Got Trauma with Penn Harsha, who hosted that series. Part of his. Uh, podcast, of course. We're also joined by Rich Ayala, Bay Area musician who coined the phrase, which you have been painted on, all over the town. Hyphy Kids Got Trauma. And we're going to take uh, some of your calls, too, in the next segment. Uh, the number 866 733 7 Eight six. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay
2: tuned.
5: and we get like Coke cause my van go got new top for the fly like I go sleep in the deck. go to parties at night. Man, I'm from B town on my get like maybe be sporting vans and we throw away nights. You want to get right, stop buying
8: those
0: nights and new vans and you bet you look icy. Hey, support for forum comes from San Francisco Opera.
5: call listening.
4: Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We're talking with Penn Harshaw about his new podcast series. Hypey Kids Got Trauma, that's on right now, Asha Penn's uh, podcast here at KQED, joined by Rich Ayala, Bayer Musician, and we're going to bring in D-Ray in one second, but we got Jerry in Oakland on the phone, and he saw the tag, uh, Hypey Kids Got Trauma, and was inspired to write a little poem, and you're going to give us a little bit of that poem, right Jerry?
7: Absolutely. I'm honored to be on with you all. Hopefully you can hear me. I got terrible service. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, we can. We can. Wonderful. Alexis, uh, Pendarvis, Rich, uh, I love y'all. Thank y'all for doing what you're doing. I also want to quickly say Free Palestine, rest in peace, Rob Corals, T-Mac, Victor McElhaney, and so many others. Here's the poem for the first couple of bars. I'm a grown man raised around a crowd of child soldiers. When it comes to that disrespect, won't be accepting one iota. But let's set a good example for the kids. Swing from the shoulders. Man, hyphy kids got trauma, but we're trying, though. A stranger approached me like, I'm sorry, sir, but do you smoke? Think I could get some nugs, sir? You up, sir? Trying to let some go? I heard these trees are medicine. I'm trying to be about my regimen. Hyphy kids got trauma, but we're trying, though. Um, I'm really moved by the words, really moved by the spirit, uh, and appreciate y'all for doing what you're doing today.
4: Hey Jerry, thank you so much. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate you taking the time to to write and call in. Um, Let's bring, yeah, thank you, D-Ray, Oakland-based hip hop photographer. Welcome to the show.
2: Hello. Good morning. Good morning.
4: Good morning. So D-Ray, you
2: were you were
4: a grown woman as hyphy starts to break. So you had some context for what had come before. What for you? What really stood out about this time period and how hyphy became a movement?
2: dang you just aged me <laughs> no <was> no Wild. <laughs> yeah no i was grown when the hypey started um what was the question i'm sorry oh
4: <laughs> i was just saying you know like what what stood out for you i mean you weren't you know pe- you know i mean yeah, we're talking rich was great. like 15 you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> he was a he was a kid you were, you were actually an adult so you could kind of see what was going on in a different way
2: yeah, well, I hope no one's listening that actually could hear that I was aged at that time. But no, um it was what I got out of that time. I actually love that time. Um Hy-Fi was very very close to my heart. I started photography a few years before hyphy, but like Hyphi I got to see everything. I worked at Youth Uprising. Oh, yeah. Um I got to watch oh, the yeah, dance battles. Mm. You know what I mean? So like it was just a time of I know it's about how he has trauma because Penn and I have talked about that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've heard a lot of trauma from the kids. I have kids that come up to me and be like, D-Ray, you know, you talk me down off a really, really bad high. And I'm like, huh? Like, I wouldn't realize that they were high like that because I didn't do, you know, I didn't pop. I didn't do any of that. Yeah. So just the um, honestly, I enjoyed the family we all became musically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. during that time. The fun that we had, although again there was trauma, there was fights because hyphy was not just hey, you know, yes. dancing and having fun. Hyphy was also a lot of other yeah. shit, excuse my language, a, a lot of other stuff, you know. So um, the dance battles. I come from the era of break dancing since you aged me, and so when they did turf dancing, I was really really excited about that time. Mm. You get it like mm-hmm. just watching the kids enjoy themselves like ice cold. For example, he was one of my youth kids. Chunky. He was one of my youth kids. You know, those, those boys, I used to tell them all the time, if that's your passion, keep doing it. You'll, mm. you'll be able to do what you want. Like you can make your passion a career if you keep up on it. And it excites me to watch the boys today being grown men and still live in their dream. Mm. So I enjoy watching stuff like that. You know, that that was my hyphy. Like just to see my kids from Youth Uprising, even like Penn, did I know Penn very well? No, but I mean, look what he's doing. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. stuff of that, like like you said, because I was grown to watch these kids actually grow into their passion and live in, in reality. It I I appreciate that, mm. you know. I really do appreciate watching people that actually survived the hyphy movement and became successful from it. You get it? Because there's a lot of sad stories that do come with hyphy. I've lost yeah. a lot of people during yeah. that time. Yeah. And it's crazy. Cause I was just going through my hard drives and I just found spools of CDs mm. from 2003, four and five. And I, I was literally going through them before I got on this call and Wow, it was like wow. A pen, I found more pictures that I man, you guys would have loved to have. I was just like, wow. Yeah. I just found I so many show. things. You know, it's it's I have a whole documentation of that whole era. I mean, before that and after that, but like yeah. I was literally the hippy photographer. Yeah. I have everything. Fights, wow. all of it. It was ridiculous. <laughs>
4: oh man, we also I I bet there's some young people listening out there who don't even know what a spool of CDs is. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's like an actual, I know what it is, uh, but um, you know, we actually have, we have a turf dancer on the line. Uh, Andrew in Vallejo, welcome to the show.
3: Hey, how's it going?
4: Hey, good, good. Welcome.
3: Hi, I just want to say thank you for this podcast. Um, it's been a real treat and um, there's a lot of nostalgia um, I got listening to it uh, brought back days from when I was in high school in Vallejo, to, uh, where, you know, when the city went bankrupt, um, you know, there's a lot of violence, crime and turfing and um, dancing was just a very great outlet for all of us. Um, and, um, you know, it propelled all of us to find passions in the creative arts and kind of pursue that, um, yeah. you know, some of us ended up becoming DJs um, and some of us became photographers and um, just like pig uh, piggybacking on Haifa Kids Got Trauma, a lot of us covered up all that trauma with, you know, substance abuse, um, mm. alcohol, smoking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's crazy to see, I think in the last episode he talks about how after all of the, Stuff that they went through we have people that made it out and you know our city leaders um, scientists um, and you know trying to move the community forward and try to find that healing
4: yeah thank you so much Andrew Um sounds like you you made it out um, and are doing well Penn you know you do go into this in the podcast and I People, people who've kind of grown through and with the hyping movement. I wonder if there are lessons for Oakland and the Bay Area today when we are seeing, you know, homicides go back up. I mean, this year may end up being the highest year since 2006. Like, what we've been through this one. So, like, what's the what's the lesson? How do we make this better for the you know the kids who are 15 and 18 now?
5: Yeah. Uh, thank you for that call, Andrew. Um, and yeah, thank you for dope. that question, Alexis. That I, I think I, I, I in the podcast, with talking to a, a, a current high school senior, Tijan, who mm-hmm. was born in 2006. Uh, and in talking to him and reflecting on the conversation that he has with Boots Riley at Fremont High School, um, I, I realized that there's some just basic things that young people need in terms of space, understanding, a place to tell their story, to feel seen. Um, to feel loved, um, to feel like the things that they're going through isn't their fault. Like a lot of the trauma that we inherited as kids growing up in the hyphy movement was things that were trickled down from past generations. And so I think underst- if I would have had understanding of that, I would have felt a lot less pressure on my shoulders. Um, yeah. and, and so those those are just some of the elements that I lay out. Can um, I add on? And, with- and yeah, add on Yeah, with- yeah, please, yeah, please, yeah sure, please, go
8: ahead. I think we should bring back hyphy.
5: Hmm. <laughs>
8: and i mean that i mean (laughs) me
1: too
0: (laughs) but i mean that
8: i mean let's let the let's let the kids go dumb again because now we understand right now we got the maturity to look back and see that this was a spiritual movement this was a big this was like the renaissance so let's let them let's let them do with what they use let's let's keep our culture this is our culture let's keep it going and let's not with the drill music with the other genres that come into our region let's keep let's keep it at home and something that, that lets these kids speak out and and breathe a little deeper do you, what do you think
5: but let the, let the kids go dumb I, again.
2: i actually agree i feel like kids got to express their self through dancing and they did a lot of like for example when i would go out of state or just wherever traveling for my photography guys didn't dance together when those when a song came on in the club but here in the bay you hear mac dre everybody's dancing (laughs) you know what i'm saying dancing with each other no one's tripping if it's a girl dancing with you that's how it
8: was and you go to any bart station there was no fighting you would see everybody (laughs) was practicing their own little step and you would miss your bart train trying to.
2: (laughs) yeah for example look at they had during the hyphen movement i have video of this it was a mac dre um it was mac dre day in san jose and these two dudes were fighting. I swear to you, it looked like the guy's eyeball was hanging out his face. As soon as Mac Dre came on, they stopped fighting and started dancing. Me and Hustler looked at each other and just started laughing. As soon as Mac Dre went off, they finished their fight. I was like, what are you doing? What? What's going on? Right. You know what I mean? But again, I feel like the kids got to express their self. You know, they had something to do. A dance battle, a youth uprising during the week, on the weekend, that was beautiful for the kids. Everybody got to meet each other, hang out. You know, yes, there was funk, but I just think hype was a beautiful time, even though there was trauma. I really do. Leave out the drugs. Leave out the drugs and just bring the fun. Oh, yeah. I believe in that.
4: I mean, Penn, in in the series, you talk about, um, you know, the youth center uh, in, in Deep East. And it does seem like, they did some serious good, not just, I mean, you know, it was kind of like bring kids in for the dance, but then you could also connect them to other services that may they might need but wouldn't go in just to get those services, right?
5: Yeah. yeah I mean, uh, no judgment again. There was things done. <laughs> like, I got to say they benefited from the culture. And they tried to do some good for the young folks as well. Um, they weren't the only ones. As, like, there's a nonprofit industrial complex in the Bay Area. There's yeah. some, again, I'm a nonprofit baby, and so you name a center, I was in there, and um, I benefited from the resources, and they benefited from putting me on the website and showing their funders. Mm. Mm. Right. I
4: mean, it sounds like you have a complex set of feelings about that, Pen.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it did
5: sound yeah. like that. But... <laughs> Go ahead, man, yeah, tell us. that's. That's business, right? Like that's this is the system that we live in. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: I mean, it's it's interesting because we have been thinking a lot on this show, not not as much about youth services, but about like homelessness services and other things about how we do deliver those things and whether that is the best way or if there is another another system. And um, it's hard. It's hard to think our way out of it. Um let's bring in let's bring in a couple other callers. Maybe they got some force. us. Equipto uh, in uh Oakland. Welcome.
7: Equipto, what's up? This is I'm from San Francisco, but uh I'm from the Bay Area, period. But I just want to comment kinda of on the hype and and shout out everybody, you know, on the panel. Uh, free Palestine, definitely I gotta start with that. Free Palestine. But, um, yeah, Rich Ayala, incredible performance Pen, you know, I love your work. D-Ray was definitely out there. I used to see her all the time. I mean, I wasn't even out there all the time, but every time I was out there, I would see her out there documenting. And I think it's important, like, also to understand, like, what the Bay been through as far as, like, Dog Day records, intermittent records, all these little uh, companies that kind of played artists early on and, and how a lot of people took from the Bay Area as far as their lingo, as far as their game, as far as their hustle. And that, you know what I'm saying, accumulates. That becomes something, right? And you don't have no identity. You see you see Crunk, you see this, you see this popping right. on every region and the Bay has no identity. You know what I mean? Like at that time it was like, yeah, we all loved each other and then, but there was no title, right? There was no and I think as soon as hype came, you know, it was just something that everybody gravitated to. And as far as like whether it was goofy, whether it was serious, whether it was aggressive, it was just it was something that was ours. You know what I mean, and it was like if this is what it's going to take for us to get through the door and get MTV in our backyard, then yes, we're going to be hypie. You know what I'm saying, like, and I kind of that's what I kind of you know sensed from the folks that I was around around that era. Mm. But yeah, definitely, you know, hypie was something special, and it's it's you know it definitely could come back. It's just like like Rich said, it's just letting the youth do their yeah, thing. Yeah, I know. You know Quip. equipped. I mean?
8: Quip, like, uh, was one of the only. Um, legends ogs in the bay area that actually looked out for what we call hyphy children or what we talking about All hyphy right. kids today and anybody who knows equipto you know <laughs> and he's always surrounded by just like jacker rest in peace he's always surrounded by um some of the most influential minds artistically out here and and he tries to he does he sacrifices his own self to do it i appreciate you bro yeah equipto thanks so much for uh for
2: i appreciate you equipto i appreciate you too
7: yeah you ready love
8: y'all d-ray i appreciate you too because chunky a legend so a legend (laughs) we wouldn't even he oh my gosh he used to come downtown and kill everybody
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah chunky a legend i you know what made my heart warm is when they got to dance uh during the warriors halftime during the finals i think i seen that i was jumping out my skin
8: man
2: yeah Yeah, i was really excited i introduced them to jabba walkies and then they ended up on the court with them i was like oh that's so hard yeah Yeah, it made my heart warm
8: we just geeking out but yeah
4: (laughs) (laughs) hey uh pen um wrap, wrap us up like i mean what was your biggest takeaway from working on this series over the
5: last year biggest takeaway from working on this series this year um whew, man a lot of them i think the, the the biggest one is that it's not done yet there's no f- finality it's not finished um you can see the conversation still going um we're not the only ones having this conversation earlier this year mr fab had a 2006 tour beatleweeta had a song called 2006 mm. there's a lot of people who have been exploring it uh filmmaker Najla mumin wrote an article about um, some of the sexual harassment she experienced during the hyphy movement um, not too long ago, and, and so there's a lot of people who are still dealing with this, processing it. And we are adults now, and we have the language. And I think that keep, as a wise person once said, keep it lit.
0: Yeah, yeah.
4: Hey, um, we have been talking about the right nowish podcast series Hyphy Kids Got Trauma. We've been joined by D-Ray, Oakland-based hip hop photographer. Thank you so much for joining us, D-Ray.
2: Yes, thank you for having me. Thanks, Pen, for bringing me out of my comfort zone.
4: <laughs>
5: legendary, legendary <laughs> photographer D. Ray, is the photographer for this nation, like yeah. context, like Ozone Magazine. Thank you, thank you, D. Ray, for your yes. time. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm about to do this Jacka uh, exhibit that's about to be beautiful. I'm gonna put my photos that have never been seen up before so you know make sure y'all come art experience that's next year
4: early next year that's right yeah Um,
2: january 30th through february 3rd uh at the agency in oakland
4: we've also been uh thank you so much d-ray we've also been joined by rich ayala barry musician uh where you know the title of the podcast series happy kids got trauma comes from thank you so much for joining us rich and for that performance too
8: for sure appreciate you guys you can find me rich ayala r-i-c-h-i-y-a-l-a let's just let the kids go dumb again <laughs> you know what i mean it's real easy just you
2: know? let the kids go just dumb let them again, go dumb again and huh? now
8: that we understand we can help yeah. and support them and yeah. get behind those initiatives yeah,
2: yeah you know? let them get so, yeah. hypey
8: lock in and with me i-y-a-l-a free palestine you know appreciate and of
4: course, y'all course pan harsha man thank you so much for doing this
5: Thank you for having me. Big shout out to the whole production team behind the yeah. Kids Got Trauma, Maya Cueva, Chris, Ham- Chris Hambrick, Jason. We're not got to do my credits. <laughs> and, and, and all the listeners. Thank you, Alexis. Nine o'clock hour Thank forums you.
4: produced by Blanca Torres, Grace Wan, Dan Zoll, Jennifer Ng. Our interns are Jericho Reininger and Amika Oda. Our Marlena Jackson Rotondo is our engagement producer, Francesca Fenty, digital community producer, Judy Campbell, lead producer, Danny Bringers, our engineer. VP of News is Ethan Tovin, Lindsay. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for another hour of Forum Ahead.
0: Funds for the production of KQED's Forum are provided by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, the Germanicos Foundation, and the Heising-Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera.